Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick, and I say it like that every single time. <laughs> Hope you're not sick of it. On today's episode, we are joined by the fellas from Guella, Peter Raitano and Daniel Sanders, the CEO and CSO of Guella. And what is Guella? Guella makes incredible, amazing mushroom products. Listen to this. Ancient ingredients with a new focus. We're using ingredients that have existed for thousands of years to curate transformational mushroom experiences, elevating physical and mental health, and bolstering cognitive performance. We focus on adaptogenic, medicinal, and psychedelic mushrooms that optimize three critical aspects of well-being, mind, body, and spirit. You can imagine we had an interesting conversation, and we go deep into all things mushrooms. In this episode, we talk about com combining mushrooms with with botanicals and ingredients to have the desired effect. One of the big takeaways for this episode was the distinction between functional mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms, transformational mushrooms, recreational mushrooms, just thinking about how to use this this uh, this one substance with this diff all of these different types of fungi to elevate us as people to really biohack yourself in a whole bunch of different ways. We talk about this concept that they want to bring, they're building tools to bring people up from zero to plus six, not from minus six to zero. So this is people who are, you know, they're not, they're not pulling you out from, um, uh, from the bottom of the barrel, but if you're doing good and you're going somewhere um, to help you perform at a higher level, this is biohacking in a really narrow focus and it's so fascinating because as narrow as you might think it is just mushroom supplements and mushroom products as you all know there are lots of different types of mushrooms and you can use them in lots of different ways we talk about how mushrooms uh, can be used as uh, adaptogens we talk about the process of of actually creating mushroom products um, whether you're using mycelium grown on grain or the fruity body we talk about um, the potential of growing your own food and medicine via a mushroom kit. It's one of the products that they're going to be launching is a, is a grow your own mushroom kit at home. There's, uh, there's a, there's an, um, a nootropic. There's also a drink that's coming out soon. These guys actually have not launched yet. Uh, um, I met them through a mutual friend recently and, um, they are doing really, really cool things. They are, they are next level kind of cats. And you can tell by this conversation that they are, they're, they're researching very deeply on how to create really compelling products for people. And, um, I'm into that. I dig that. Uh, in this episode, we cover uh, also um, psychedelic experiences on mushrooms. Um, what does that do for you in your life? Uh, I talk about my first time. They talk about their first times. Um, um, Peter, who uh, was born and raised in London, um, uh, actually they were not they were they were legal where when he grew up. So he you could take him and pick him up at the store, uh, which I didn't know, which I thought was kind of interesting. But uh, just sort of highlighting this this experience of of. Uh, of psilocybin because it is such a powerful, powerful compound. I know you're going to get a lot of this episode. You know, mushrooms are, as you well know, uh, decriminalized in uh, Oregon, which is just south of me. And um, there is an emerging market of additional mushroom products. You know, there's really cool mushroom products on the line uh, available right now. And uh, there should be. There should be all different kinds. There should be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different types of mushroom products because it is such a such an, an amazing substance. So, I know that you're going to really enjoy this episode, but before we jump into the episode, I just want to say thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Blue Blocks. If there were ever a time where you wanted some yellow tinted sunglasses to not only protect your eyeballs from screens, but also to like brighten your mood, it would be right now in the dead of winter in the middle of summer. This is an amazing gift. Buy yourself a gift for Christmas and get some summer glow glasses from Blue Blocks. Summer glow is the daytime yellow tinted glasses that you can wear to uh, they're often described as a light sensitivity glasses by blocking part of the blue light spectrum 
as you've heard this before. Uh, when you block the blue light spectrum that's responsible for light sensitivity issues that make you anxious or depressed, that give you migraines, that give you seasonal affective disorder, this eases these those symptoms. When you wear these, these yellow-tinted glasses, it blocks 100% of the blue light that falls between 400 and 450 nanometers. These are awesome. They're, they're stylish. Every time I wear them, uh, I get compliments. They look cool. They actually make your eyes feel really good, and you will want these on long gray days like some of us experience right now in this time of year. So go to blueblocks.com and use the code OPP for 15% off. Again, if you don't have anybody that's going to buy you uh, uh, <laughs> these glasses uh, for Christmas, buy them for yourself. You earned them. Uh, you've earned them. I wear the Crystal Summer Glow. It's a, it's a clear frame. They're dope. They're, they're like sort of Wayfair style. People like them. I love them. And uh, I, I wear them most of most of the time when I'm working on the screens and it's gray outside. So go to blueblocks.com, use the code OPP and get 15% off. This episode is also brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% open source supplements to help you live optimal, to increase your brain, give you a better brain so you can have a better life. If you go to naturalstacks.com and use the code OPP15, you'll get 15% off your online first online order. Uh, you should be taking vitamin D now. You've, I know you've read the headlines. You should be taking vitamin D. You should go to Natural Stacks and get a discount and be taking vitamin D. You should also take uh, magnesium every single day. It's super good for you for a thousand reasons. But if there were ever a time right now, be taking vitamin D because the big bad coronavirus is coming for you, girl. <laughs> That's corny. I'm going to edit that out. No, I'm going to leave it in. Go to naturalstacks.com and use code OPP15 for 15% off. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited to bring to you today's episode. A uh, really fascinating conversation. I know you're going to get a lot out of it. You're going to you're going to hear a lot about this company. Uh, this is this is the kind of company that I would love to be involved with. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Peter Raitano and Daniel Sanders from Guella. And we're here with Peter Raitano and Daniel Sanders, the CEO and CSO of Guella. Gentlemen, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you. So mushrooms are very in vogue right now, and for very good reason. Uh, people, listeners of this podcast will know my affinity for the fungi, and uh, we've the three of us have already had a conversation a little bit about what the company is, what it does, what it isn't, uh, and I'm so excited to dig in deep with you guys. And so I have a, sort of a take on a different first question. Typically, I ask guests who are in the nutritional space and performance space, uh, what time is it in what time is it where you are and what have you put in your body? But instead, uh, today I'm, I'm going to ask, we'll start with you, Peter. Um, uh, are you on mushrooms right now? And if so, which ones? I, uh, I'm on chaga mushrooms in my, in my tea. So I've got a, a home brew of, uh, Tulsi and chaga mushroom tea in front of me. All right. And how about you, Daniel? It's funny you asked that because I took our, gummy platform this morning um, anticipating them arri arriving at Canada so I'm on caffeine uh, cordyceps and aces cordyceps militaris and then one other will leave undisclosed right on nice <laughs> I will I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave one uh, disclosed here uh, I'm on uh, I'm on a microdose of psilocybin and uh, turkey tail those are those are my nice. those are my two for the day uh, we're, nice. we're we're gonna we're gonna tell the line between um, saying too much and, and, and saying just enough for today. So, uh, what I would love to, to, for both of you guys is to share with me, um, we'll start with you again, Peter. Uh, when was the first, when was the first moment that you realized that mushrooms were, were a powerful and useful tool in your life? Yeah. Um, so on the medicinal or psychedelic side, um, you know, I, it's fun, funny enough, I actually hated mushrooms as a child, hated them. That was like a, bit, a part of my personality. Anytime my mom would serve me mushrooms, I could not stand it on any type of food. But my, my first, uh, and I, but I grew to love them. I knew they were good for you. As I got like to 25, 26, 27, I would make myself eat various different types and found ones that I liked and uh, integrated them in just because I knew how valuable they are. Uh, but the first time I took or had a kind of experience on mushrooms outside of just nutrition was at 16. Um, 
where I'm from in the UK, mushrooms were, magic mushrooms were legal. You could go into a store and buy a, a big, uh, a big dose. And then we would, you know, go off to the, to the local forest and, and take them with friends. Um, and it was a, it was a revelation. Um, you know, the, I, I specifically remember the first time taking them and, um, the, the various different stages, but the thing I remember very clearly was the um, dissipation of kind of ego um, and a, a massive feeling of, of empathy um, and just kind of love and, and connectivity and all of that type of stuff. And I just it, I just didn't know that those kind of sensory experiences were possible. So um, it was it was a it was a big deal and that started the journey on these you know trying different types of substances like like mushrooms um in you know various different states of legality in the uk um and it was uh it was something that i've, I've kept up with ever since hmm. how about for you daniel when, when was that do you remember the time I, I do. I very vividly remember the time. And I, I remember it because, you know, I was supposed to take them when I was 18, you know, going through freshman in college. I, I chickened out on it for the night. You know, I had a group of friends that jumped off, you know, the deep end, took them, tried connecting with them, could not understand what they were seeing because I had never experienced it. Well, about a year after that, as I turned 19, I was dating someone at the time who was able to talk me into taking mushrooms. Um, that night, I took about three and a half grams with her, and suddenly every 60s film made sense to me. You know, the, the <laughs> colors, the vastness of space, time. You know, I, uh, I I take a very analytical approach to life. You know, I, I try to break things down into segments that make sense to me. Well, this was suddenly something that made absolutely no sense, and it fascinated me ever since that point. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I'll sh I'll share mine too. Um, you know, I I was I was pretty straight edge through high school. I was a good boy and followed directions. And um, uh, when I got to college, that was my first my first opportunity. You know, uh, to take to take they were they were Cubenzies, and it was in the dorms in my freshman year. And mm -hmm. I our uh, dormitory was sort of situated in this like hillside, and there was every it was like the, me and the other guys that were that lived down the hall. There was like six of us and we all took them together and we just went walking around on campus um, for for what seemed like an eternity. It was it was just throughout the night. You know, I think we took them at like nine or ten o'clock at night and just enjoyed laughing and walking and staring at trees and sharing and talking. And and um, and, and I remember the experience so vividly. Uh, and, and it did, it did anchor. It was, it was, it was sort of the, the coming out, uh, experience for me. Um, you know, I grew up meditating and I had a lot of, a lot of experience in meditation and having these altered states of consciousness, having, um, reaching these states where, you know, the sort of default mo mode network quiets and, uh, the heart opens and the interconnectedness of things makes more sense and is more integrated, um, but you know, I, I, it's cool as, as I, as, as, uh, as the three of us are explaining these, these first three experiences, you know, I'm, there's, there's a, a wide swath of people listening right now going, Oh man, I remember my first time. And there's a wide swath of people that are like, I have no idea what they're talking about. I, yes. I, I've, I've never experienced that. And there's, there's, there's a lot of people who are, who have never even tried uh, medicinal mushrooms and have never gotten that boost or that focus that you get from from the the medicinal aspect of it. So then we're gonna I'm gonna reframe the question a little bit. Uh, Daniel, when was the first time that you took a medicinal mushroom for either performance or immune boosting, where you realized, okay, this is a this is a different application. This is a non psychedelic. This is a this is a performance aspect. That, uh, do, do you remember the first time that you that you did that? Well, I would say that would actually be around age twenty. Um, a few years after my use of first use of psilocybin mushrooms, but it was still cubensis that I was using on a microdose platform, right? That wasn't for recreational or exploring, you know, art or really learning about myself. That was for the use of having a bit more introspectiveness towards ideas, experiences, and a bit more create creativity. You know, I went through school uh, pursuing molecular biotechnology and taking microdoses allowed me to see into some of these mechanisms a bit better than 
I, I was able to sober. <laughs> nice. How about you, Peter? When, when did you first take a ticket for a medicinal use and, and really understand the power? You know, I think it was probably about six or seven years ago where I started playing around with um, Lion's Mane. Um, I do remember specifically reading somewhere about cordyceps, this weird mushroom that grows out the back of insects. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I bought, I bought some and the, 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 wherever I read it was kind of read as like an energy boosting supplement. So I was like, oh, whatever, I'll try it and switch it out for my, um, my pre-workout, like caffeine full shake. And it was, I, I was shocked at how effective it was. And so fast, you know, a lot of the, um, adaptogens as as great as they are they don't necessarily have kind of very um fast onsets or immediate kind of obvious onsets it's kind of a compounding effect over time whereas cordyceps i you know i took a bit in some water and it was it it got me through the workout it was great so yeah and it's such an such an interesting feeling with cordyceps because it's more like a clarity like a really Mm -hmm. clear energy as opposed to like a very strong jittery energy that you get with caffeine and other like grana and other stimulants of that type. Yeah, I a similar story for me. The first time that I took um, I took a cordyceps, I took it uh, f- before jujitsu, and uh, at that time it was I had taken a, an Onnit product. It was a shroom tech, I think it was a, it was, was what it was called. And it's same thing. Learned that it grew out of the back of insects. I was like, well, this sounds bizarre, but but you know, at that time I was I was experimenting with lots of different nootropics, racetams. Um, you know, sorts of different, you know, you know, chemical compounds to, to enhance my, my performance. And, and the same thing, I got that like, Oh, whoa. Oh, there it is. I feel it. I, I feel it in my body. Mm-hmm. I feel it in my lungs. And it's, and it, and it, for me, the effect was something similar to like yerba mate. I really, I really enjoy the effect. Mm-hmm. It's like this opening, like felt like my lungs were opening, like my blood was flowing in a, in a, in a better way. And, and at that moment I thought, well, I know nothing then. I, 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 mm-hmm. I thought I knew about supplements and nootropics and, and, uh, I had like probably one of my better, my better rolling sessions, uh, at jujitsu than I had ever experienced before. And it was like you said, it was, I mean, it was literally like less than 10 minutes when I started to feel that effect. And then I had this like, Oh, I don't want to waste this. I better get going. Like I, I got to apply myself cause I have all this extra energy. Yeah. It's I mean, incredible. So um, uh, let's, let's talk about Guella. Um, I, I, like I said in the very beginning, you know, um, with the decriminalization that's happened in Oregon, um, with the, the, finally just this, this, uh, this sort of like next wave of, of the resurgency of, of, of mushrooms. And of course they've been around and they're, you know, the sort of the classic, you know, players in the mushroom space. You know, I think about, uh, Paul Stamets and I think about, uh, Jeff Chilton, who's been on the, on the podcast before, you know these these fellas who have been growing these and learning about these and identifying these and making compounds for decades and decades. Um, uh, first, let me we'll just start with you, uh, Peter. Uh, what is Guella, and and what was what was the motivation to 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 get into this space? Yeah, so Guella means uh, to improve or get better in Welsh, and really the I say the, I think of Guella as like a platform um, where we're producing various different products and, and tools and kind of educational content um, aimed at helping people elevate their, you know, like cognition or physical health or um, transformational health, which is kind of where the, the, the psychedelics primarily um, come in. So there's there's kind of two sides to it, but it all is all has this kind of overall kind of uh, value proposition of you know we're, we're aiming to help give people tools and products to to help kind of improve and uh, their their health and wellness. So uh, we're producing um, or we're doing various different kind of R and D projects on functional mushrooms. So we have a, a couple of products um, coming out. Uh, Daniel can talk through those. One of which is a um, productivity gummy with you know, thirty a stack of thirteen different botanicals. Um, aimed at uh, giving you energy, but a very kind of clear, uh, non-jittery form of energy. Uh, We have a a beverage uh, that we're working on with a variety of different adaptogenic uh, mushrooms in there. Um, And then on the psychedelic side, you know, we're we're producing kind of ancillary tools, um, you know, 
look, doing a bunch of research, coming up with protocols. Um, you know, on that side, on, on underneath everything that we're doing at the company is this kind of idea of plus six. We have this thing that we say plus six, um, whereby you know a lot of kind of psychedelic companies in the space they're they're really looking at um, mental health and helping people with depression and anxiety and, and, and various different conditions. And we're super happy that work's being done and it's really valuable. And we think there's a whole renaissance going on over there. But we're really thinking about psychedelics from a, a transformational standpoint. And so when I say plus six, I mean, you know, we, we want to help people who are generally well like, you know, and go from a zero or one or a two to a three or a four or a five or a six. We're not trying to produce uh, any kind of drugs or we're not building clinics to help people with uh, kind of serious medical conditions. And I, I think, you know, society as a whole is going to get, we're going to build acceptance through that medicalization of it. But psychedelics generally have much more kind of scope and potential than just kind of helping people with medical issues. So it's, it's that transformational piece that we're really focusing on. Hmm. Daniel, I I would love to hear uh, the just a couple. I mean, just share some of the ingredients that are in that stack of thirty. Uh, I got. Uh, I, I'm please. Whatever, whatever, whatever ingredients you're comfortable sharing, I'd love to hear. You know, at this point, we've kind of internally talked about what we can and cannot release. We can release some of the mushrooms, as I've said, those millitoris, cordyceps, cordyceps, cordyceps anases, there's lion's mane in them. But the primary active ingredients beside the mushrooms, we are keeping closed lips um, until we do a soft launch, just primarily because we don't want those, uh, those ingredients to list out there for any competitor to maybe pick up and formulate with. Um, I'm looking at signing exclusivity on these Coriceps Anasis, so I should be one of two people in the U.S. that can use this vendor. Um, so that is something I'm very happy to disclose. But at the same time, most of these actives, it's taken some time to formulate, so we don't want to prematurely release those. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Well, and and it should be said, like we're we are ahead of the game here. You know, um, this is this is not going to be one of those episodes where there's a promo code for you to get twenty percent off. Uh, <laughs> yet, uh, this is this is a, this is ahead of the game, and and it's my pleasure to be able to to talk with you guys this early in the game uh, before the soft launch because I just love this space. I love this content. I love I love mm -hmm. the the idea of benefiting. I mean. I could go real deep into what I think mushrooms are, um, the, this, this, the spiritual aspects of them, even, even within the, the medicinal applications. Um, but one thing that I want to kind of go back to Peter is, is you use the word adaptogen and, 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 um, in my experience, adaptogen means, um, if you're too high, it can bring you down. And if you're too low, it can bring you up. And obviously that's, that's a, mm -hmm. it allows you to adapt. So, um, yeah. The, the the origin story apparently around adaptogens was there was some there was some like Russian uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard this stop me if you heard this one but there was some like do, do you know the story Peter I've read it but tell it again so there's like so, there was like some Russian factory and um, and half of the population half of the workers in this factory were too hot and half of the uh, the, the workers in the factory were like too cold. And, uh, and after taking, I don't remember if it was ashwagandha or something else, they took this, they took a compound and everybody kind of leveled out and, 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 um, mm -hmm. was more on a more even keel. Maybe it's from like overwork or, or the shift, the, the, the shifts of work or the actual temperature inside the place. Um, but it was fascinating to me. So in, do you think that, do you think that all mushrooms are adaptogenic? And when you use that term adaptogen, how do you think about it within the context of, of, uh, of the fungi? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 to your point, like I think about that word adaptogen as, as almost a synonym for modulation, you know, like, uh, kind of, uh, helping your body modulate, kind of deal with various different stresses, et cetera. I actually don't, I don't use it that, often because I don't think it's that helpful a term outside of um, the kind of, I'd say the superfood marketing type type group. So I rarely use it because there's so many things that could be an adaptogen and a nootropic and, you know, fit in various different, different places. So, um, you know, it's, 
I don't know whether you have anything more scientific to say about that, Daniel. <laughs> well, now for me, you know, adaptogen kind of has a, a couple different meanings when we're talking about these nootropics, right? We we call mushrooms adaptogenic because they are able to adapt to their own environment. They set up their environment for success. And we try saying that that's the same thing for our products and any mushrooms that's incorporated into nutraceuticals. But the real thing that we're looking at is the product being able to help optimize people's lives, whether that's adapting to stress, whether that's making them more focused in their daily life, whether that's giving them clarity of thought. You know, you spoke of how cordyceps helped with your energy. Well, they weren't stimulant-based. They were helping your thought. They were helping you be focused. That was bringing up energy. You know, that was giving you the ability to do what you needed to do. And so that's what we're looking at doing is incorporating mushrooms to be able to allow you to be the optimal you. Hmm. Hmm. That's the name of the game. We're in the right, we're in the right place then around this, having the right conversation. Uh, this is sort of a, a, uh, out of nowhere kind of question, but sometimes those are fun. Um, can you do too much? Can you have too many mushrooms going on all at one time? Can you, can you overload, you know, can I take... I don't even know the, the measurements, but let's just say, uh, you know, I've got 25 different types of mushrooms and I put them into my body first thing in the morning instead of coffee. Like, is, is there a point of diminishing returns with any of these compounds or is that an individualized sort of issue? Daniel, what will take you to have you answer that one? Well, I'm assuming you're talking functional mushrooms. Yes. Yeah. Um, if there's too many different kinds of functional mushrooms that you can stack together. And of course, as you, you said, there's a vastness of different kinds of mushrooms. So we would have to understand the fractions of each active that comes from those mushrooms. You know, undoubtedly, our bodies have grown over time to be able to handle great stress. So, you know, you can put a ton of mushrooms in your body and they're most likely going to filter out through your kidney and liver, much like overtaking vitamins. But yes, there there is an optimal level you want to dial in because if you're taking a ton, a 25 uh, mushroom stack and you're only absorbing 20% of it, then why are you spending spending the money to buy mm. 20 mushroom stacks? So that's part of this, you know, formulation work is optimizing the amount of product you're taking versus the cost. And so that's 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 essentially what we're doing with these products is compounding a 13 product stack. You do not have to go and mix it every morning for your own use. It's already made for you. You take one a day, maybe two, and then you're good to go. You know, you it takes out the worry of you trying to figure out do I need to take these 25 different strains. Mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna pry a little bit. So what what you're suggesting and what you're what you're aiming to do is create something that can really just be taken every day. And, and I know the the term multivitamin is is just. It's a it's a shitty way to explain anything anymore because we know that multivi- multivitamins are filled with fillers and a bunch of garbage that people don't need and you know the the old the sort of old idea that you should be taking a multivitamin well it's got a, it's got a thousand things in it I'm just gonna nope down the hatch in the morning it's like no 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 you don't even know what you're putting in your body you don't need to do that but is that is that is the essence of that like you you it's good to have this amount of mushrooms like daniel you're in charge of developing these products that have just the right enough that if you take every day you know everything improves is that where you're going with it exactly ideally we would like clients to be able to take it every day but we understand that some people may only take it when they have a huge workload or they're feeling overstressed or they really don't want to run to their their coffee you know, they need more focal energy, well, then they could take our product. You know, at, at the end of the day, it's we want something that, that someone can take daily or they can take when needed. You know, and, and at, you know, for us from a company perspective, of course, we want someone to take it every day. But, you know, we get it. Some people will only need it every three days or every four days or as needed. And at, at the end of the day, if we get someone to do 10, 20, 30% more work than they would have done otherwise, then then that's a hit for us. You know, our impact factor is huge in helping people that way. That's the idea of the plus six, right? If you're if you're at a one or a two and you really need to be at a seven or an eight, then that's then that's the plus six. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How how do you you know uh, Peter since you're 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 kind of in the, in charge of of positioning and and um, and understanding sort of the market for products like this? You know, being that I've and, and the listeners of this podcast have lots of experience taking lots of different things, you know, spending money on, 
on the highest quality magnesium. You know, we, uh, you know, we did a podcast on a vitamin C flush. You know, where you take twenty two thousand milligrams of uh, organic ascorbic acid until you reach your bowel tolerance number, which for me happened to be twenty two thousand milligrams of ascorbic acid before I had my big moment. Uh, uh, when. <laughs> Why am I sharing that? I don't know. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but but as you you know as you think about um, as you think about how to position products like this, you know who who's this for? Is this for everybody? Is this for people who are who are looking to perform at, at plus six? Is this people who are highly stressed? Like how do you position a product? And, and question A two is how do you position? Um, a drink versus a powder versus a capsule? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we always start off with kind of the consumer and an insight about them. Um, you know, what, what the need is, what the, the kind of passionate group that we can, we can develop a product for, and then we can kind of build out the strategy from there. But the way we're thinking about mushrooms is a, a, an ingredient, an interesting ingredient that can have lots of different potential use cases and combined synergistically with other kind of botanicals and ingredients. Um, and so we're, we're, we're looking at and doing research on the various different ways that these can be targeted towards specific use cases. We kind of call it, you know, we, I, you know, I love Paul Stamets and I love Four Sigmatic and all of these great companies. I kind of think of them as, you know, the, the, the groundbreaking companies, the initial companies, you t- they have various different products where you'll take them for, generalized health, you know, you'll have a, a, a chaga coffee or something is great for your immunity and these kind of generalized health products. Whereas we're really thinking about like, what are these mushroom 2.0 products we can come up with? What are, we, what are these interesting use cases, whether it's, and this, you know, this, this isn't necessarily something we're working on, but like, what if, you know, XYZ mushroom can help with a specific kind of uh, diet or something like that? You know, so how can you build a product and stack a bunch of ingredients that work to target that specific use case? So um, it, it's, 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 we're, we're building out consumer and the insight and the need first and then plugging in these mushrooms and other kind of interesting novel ingredients along the way um you know people talk about a renaissance in in psychedelics at the moment which you know there, there clearly is there's a, there's a renaissance in all of these different interesting plant-based um in you know, plant-based ingredients from a functional to a, a kind of transformational um you know there's and even rec- what, what I would class recreational is some really interesting stuff. Like you're, you're never going to remove the desire for people to want to get, you know, a little bit loose or a little bit tipsy. But you, you don't necessarily have to drink alcohol if you know where to go for that kind mm. of buzz. Like, you know, I've been experimenting a lot recently with uh, Blue Lotus, which is this kind of uh, this flower that grows on the Nile, water lily. Um, if you if you stew it on a high dose, it's kind of got this slight kind of opiate effect. And on a low dose, it's a little bit more buzzy. But point is, there's all of these really interesting non-toxic ingredients that you can apply to kind of just health cases or recreational or these transformational cases. So that's what we're looking for. We're looking for you know how do we provide these alternatives and these very you know, targeted, interesting products to specific uh, people that will will fall in love with them. Hmm. Cool, man! You guys are cool. This is cool. I'm having fun. <laughs> 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 it's like uh, I just want to go go on a hike with you guys, and we can talk about this stuff like in the woods. I, the Skype call we'll have to we'll have to do for now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Daniel one one topic uh that has come to my attention um talking with with uh with Jeff Chilton from Namex um is the distinction between um myceliated grain uh mycelium grown on grain versus uh the whole fruited body and um when 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 Jeff said you know it's all about the fruited body the mycelium grown on grain is is not good enough. It's just uh, it's 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 not the full expression of the of the compound. It's just it's no good. It's no good. And I thought, well, that's sort of an it's sort of an absolutist way to think about the things that the the, the products that he's creating. And that's the, his choice. And so I dug deep and realized that you know that Stamets is doing a lot of mycelium grown on grain. 
and I think it's barley. Um, but but I went back and I read some message boards, and if, and apparently the jury's out. You know, uh, there are some apparently there are some benefits to doing both. And uh, personal opinion, uh, to put you on the spot, uh, you don't have to tell me exactly how your products. You're welcome to to, to tell us and to disclose exactly how the products are sort of grown. Um, but but more importantly, like, is this a topic? Is this something that you've thought about? Is this something that you've looked into? Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, the jury's kind of out, but there are, at least in my personal opinion, a few topics that need to be discussed around mycelium versus fruity body. You know, your fruity body does absolutely have a different chemical composition than mycelium. A lot goes into play for the mycelium to produce that fruity body. You know, it's pulling a lot of different nutrients out of the soil to produce the, the interconnectedness of that fruity body as well as the actives in it. But that doesn't mean mycelium takes a background role. You know, mycelium produces a lot of different compounds. And as long as the producers of that mycelium are screening them for the right actives, then, then they're no different. You know, what we're talking about is using mycelium or a fruity body to get to a bioactive ingredient. So at the end of the day, regardless of which one you use, as long as the bioactive ingredient is in it, in the fraction that you're using, then it's, then it's you know, open play. You know, absolutely, there's some mycelium-based uh, formulations that are, you know, not not on par with a fruity body. But it's at the end of the day, it's what you're looking for. Now, for our particular formula, we have corsepsinases, a small amount in the fruity body, a large amount in the mycelium. The mycelium has been dialed in to produce the bioactive that we're wanting to convey through this formulation. The the cordycep uh, milliatoris is fruity body. Uh, extract and then lion's mane is a general fruity body you know compound uh, composite um, so we have both we have both we both have mycelium and fruity body in this particular formulation to get both sides of the fence on that interesting interesting well that kind of uh that makes sense to me right if you're if you're if you're optimizing for the specific compound and even further down the river, the effect, right? It's like, okay, well, then there's lots of different pathways to get there, whether that's through the mycelium or whether that's through the fruited body. Fascinating. Interesting. Oh, man. Cool. Yeah. I I, I had to – it was – when when I had that conversation, it was it struck me as such, of, um, such an interesting topic because – you know, everybody's got different opinions on the best way to do anything. And um, um, what you're saying is, well, it depends on what you're after. It depends on how, how it com combines, right? Exactly. And so think of the, about the fungi as a bioreactor in its own self. We, if we talk about science, it'll produce what you feed it, substrate, what nutrients you give it. And at the end of the day, you have to screen its output, its output as a good. So whether you're harvesting mycelium or you're harvesting fruity body, it's all matters is what you're looking for, you know, as an end goal. You know, you can produce low quality fruits. You can produce low quality mushrooms. You know, it, they may not be on par with every other lion's vein that's produced on a high quality substrate. You know, it's all inputs in and output and product. Yeah, fascinating. You know, it's funny as I'm sitting here, it's, uh, I live in the Pacific Northwest and, uh, on, on a couple of acres here nestled between cedar trees and rocky beaches. And, uh, every time we go outside, we find a new species of mushrooms. And, uh, right after this, I just felt like sharing, this is sharing time for Sean. Me and my kids are going to go out and we're going to go <laughs> pick a bunch of mushrooms and I'm going to make them draw pictures of it. Uh, just, it, I, I had to share that because it's like, it's like literally, there's one it's like this black it's like this mm -hmm. you know nice. it's a it's it's uh it's two inches across on the cap uh it's got connected gills you know it's uh it's two you know inch and a half to three inches tall it's it's blackish kind of almost like brownish black i don't know it's it, the, this there's, there's a passageway that i'm going with this which is you know f for me um the mushroom is a is a sacred sacred thing um you know, I did read Sacred Mushroom in the Cross. Um, I, I do love Terrence McKenna. I, 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 I hold these substances in really, really high regard. You know, all plant medicines, really, for that matter. Um, uh, one of the experiences that I really enjoyed was actually growing my own mushrooms. You know, I had uh, brought, bought one of those home grow kits. Um, 
and we grew these rishis and um, then pickled them and then we had them for like you know for like three I ate them pretty quickly because they're delicious but we had them for <laughs> for a couple of months I really I really enjoyed the um, this this sort of spiritual experience of, of cultivating these mushrooms and so you know uh, I wonder about home grow kits I wonder about what sort of love and attention Daniel you're giving to these beautiful little babies you know you, you're reading them bedtime stories and you know you know uh, you know think you know singing you know playing Bach in the background in the lab while they're growing like you know, how do you guys think about the, the, the cultivation of, of what I believe is a sentient organism? Like what, how, how do you, how do you think about it? So, so the jump in there, the mushrooms in some of our products are not produced here on, in terms of the commercialization, we vet out our manufacturers for these. Um, but I have grown mushrooms of my own and I have followed McKenna and much, much like you alluded to, it does take a lot of patience to produce any mushrooms. It really does teach you nerve to go and work the soil and inoculate and watch them grow and then, you know, some watch some of them die, watch your contam, right? Um, so at the end of the day, you know, there is a huge learning experience in growing mo- both medicinal and functional mushrooms. And the platforms of which we are looking to release in the uh, the grow kit space kind of bridges that gap of a a someone who has no experience versus someone who wants to grow something and put on their center of their dinner table. We want to open the door for people to normalize having mushrooms in their daily life, whether it's on their on their dinner table uh, as a centerpiece, whether it's in their food, whether it's you know before they go to work. We want to normalize that so it's less looked at as a fungi, a kind of gray area, more an everyday life thing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've got, uh, 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 grow kits are called my Myco, Um, and we've been doing a bunch of R and D on how we can you know, just iterate and improve on, on the, on the kits, um, that are, that are out there. I mean, generally like the kit that you buy are, um, you know, sawdust blocks, the inoculated mycelium in there, they're sealed up with plastic. You get it. You slit it, you spray it. Uh, maybe you, you know, go the extra distance and build a little shotgun box to kind of create that humidity or a tent or something like that. Um, but they're not. It, it, it's it's definitely fun. They work, and we just wanted to kind of improve on a little bit more, make it a little bit easier, make them a little bit more um, user friendly, and to Daniel's point, like attractive. Like, uh, you know, what we started thinking about: well, why aren't these cool little mushrooms like a reishi look so neat? Um, yeah. Why aren't these Why aren't these equivalent to like succulents or something like that that people are displaying and growing? Like in my head, it's it's so cool because you're growing your own food and kind of medicine. Um, and so that that's one piece. Like you're 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 actively cultivating this, but just just the process of growing things, I think, is healthy for people. This kind of slow nurturing process of you know c- communing with this with this thing that then becomes something that you can you can eat or, or take. So I think that process is something we want people to, to get more embedded with. But just, you know, we also want people to have access to this stuff. So, for example, like growing lines, man, that's that's important for me. I grow I grow a lot uh, because you can't buy it in stores. You can't. It's very difficult to commercially grow lion's mane and transport it and then put it on a shelf. You you really never see it in grocery stores. You can buy it at farm, farmers markets and stuff because you know it's it's very gentle. But actually, lion's mane's the most delicious mushrooms to me. I mean, they they call it like the lobster of mushrooms. You, uh, the recipe I really like is like a, a lion's mane crab cake. So you shred it up and then you you kind of fry it in some butter um and garlic delicious uh crab cake but like i said it's very difficult to buy lion's mane so growing it at home is one great way to do it and you get the joy of growing something and and not not to cut you off but you know we very much align with understanding the sacredness of of a mushroom but sometimes you have to deliver a platform in a way that is well received to the masses no different than yoga coming from the east you know it's taught in a way that it's accepted and brought into daily life and in terms of us vetting out sources and testing our product, I have a complete analytical testing facility here in Little Rock that we do any sort of pesticides, heavy metals tests like that as well for quality assurance. 
When it comes to testing um, mushrooms, what what do you sometimes find? Do they sometimes have heavy metal? Do they sometimes have other sort of contaminants? Like what do you, you, what are they synonymous usually with? Now, currently, the sources I've been sourcing from are all GMP compliant, generally recognized as safe, as well as food additives. So they all come with testing for pesticides, heavy metals, general contaminations, any microbes. Um, but as a secondary test, my analytical size site will also be doing a follow-up test on each product we put out into the market. And therefore, we have both the manufacturer requirements as well as my own internal QAQC requirements. Um, but, you know, it's same thing. They, they can soak up metals. They can potentially somehow get pesticides on them depending on where they grow, right? If it's growing next to a soybean field, well, you know, we have a chance of having a pesticide on it. Same thing if it's in a cow pasture, right? Um, so it's it's one of those things that you you've just got to screen and make sure your quality checks are in place. Yeah, yeah, as you do, as you do. I mean, I personally haven't done that, but I'm glad you glad you guys are. Um, one term that, that sort of echoes in my ears a little bit as as we continue this this conversation and and, and shift it, you know, there's functional, medicinal, and one. One term that you used, Peter, was transformational health. And when we first met and had a conversation, that that term really resonated with me, and I, it's really really interesting. Can you can you explain what you mean by transformational health? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think anything that puts you in a you know a, a very different mind frame to experience things in a different way can give you a, a you know a the ability to kind of move yourself or transport yourself or kind of improve or change in some meaningful way. Really what I mean by transformational health is uh, health is kind of how do we get people to experience these things, but experience them in a kind of intentional, intentional way. I always think about like how I used to take psychedelics and as, as meaningful as it was, it definitely erred on the side of, you know, reckless sometimes and with some negative kind of um, fallout, uh, you know, for, for, for some of us, um, you know, in terms of experiences on the day or whatever it is. And so, you know, I think about what is the middle ground that we can, you know, help people with where it's, you know, the middle ground between rec- recreational where you're just going out with friends and taking a bunch of mushrooms and having a, you know, hopefully a good time or, you know, the very kind of clinical medical setting where you're sitting down in a therapist chair and taking these things. What's the middle ground? And so that's what I think of with like intentional or transformational health. It's, you know, taking these substances in a very, uh, in a very thoughtful way, the right substance, the right strain, the right dose, the right, you know, set and setting and all of that stuff, kind of thinking and pre-planning beforehand so you can, you know, get the kind of the desired outcome um, that you want. Um, you know, I, 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 for me, I really, I, I like these substances because they do a couple of things. A, they like, they help really help shed the, shed the ego, um, which is, which is huge. You know, the, the ego is a massive, it's very useful from an evolutionary standpoint, but it's also a problem in, you know, various different capacities. And also, you know, it helps with, I think one of the, the biggest problems we have as society writ large is this kind of atomization, this, you know, this, this kind of disconnection for everybody. And, you know, we're all kind of, especially now at home, kind of on our, on our computers, um, there's an increasing sense of kind of, I would say, you know, alienation and atomization where we all think of ourselves as very kind of, you know, disconnected, doing our own things and, and, and mushrooms and psychedelics really kind of hammer home the, the, the kind of, and it's, it's not like something that you, intellectually understand it so you you really feel that kind of you can really feel that connectivity and um, with each other and i th- i just genuinely think that's a a super valuable thing to you know build you know empathy for yourself but also you know help society as a whole have people you know recognizing that they're you know all all connected um and you know dropping down the ego for a second so you can have the chance to experience different things yeah Daniel, how does it feel to be a part of this movement? To be to be the guy that that's that's actually helping provide people with 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 medicine, with uh, with nutrition, and with you know eventually transformational opportunities. 
Well, it feels quite great because, you know, as I've shared with Peter, originally five years ago when we started building out this facility, this Santa Local Lab, my whole end goal was to end up in mushrooms. You know, it was a 10-year, 15-year plan, but it's like, all right, start building the assets, the knowledge base, the team, scientific work to be able to eventually find its way into Michael use. Well, you know, it turns out Canada is about two to four years ahead of what the U.S. is. No, no surprises there. Yeah. And so it's, it's very nice to have cross paths with everyone on this on this phone call to be able to bring these these sort of things to people in the U.S. and in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, I should say we're we're based in Canada, despite my uh, accent. We are <laughs> right. Canadian company. Yeah, you're in. You're in. Uh, yeah. Uh, you really confused me with the New Zealand shirt that you wore the first time I saw you. Like, wait, is it Kiwi? Is he British? Is he Canadian? Is maybe he's all three? Uh, yeah, I guess South African. It's, it's yeah. Right. I just say I'm, you know, a, a citizen of the Commonwealth, and I'm just going around collecting passports. Yeah, <laughs> nice. You're 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 a citizen of Earth, just like the rest of us. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Daniel, what's what's one what's one fun fact about any of the mushrooms that you've been studying, working with uh, that people may not know? Um, let's see. That's not general knowledge. Uh, <laughs> well, here's one that's that's funny. So, you know, we all talk about psilocybin cubensis as as people microdose, right? But that microdose activity is pretty large of a threshold. You know, some people may be taking 300 milligrams, some people may be taking 10 milligrams, some people may be taking a gram a day. And so what what I'm seeing in my primary research is that that means there's a massive threshold of what people are saying is comfortable for them to operate mm. their daily life. Yeah. Which, which that stems all down to, you know, how strong is it psychoactivity wise? And so, like, from a personal perspective, 30 to 50 milligrams for me is a daily microdose. But a lot of people, they're in the 300 milligrams. And so, from even firsthand experience, like, the vastness of, of strength of some of these mushrooms have to be well vetted out and well researched. Interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I, guess, I guess you're right. What, would you, what might you speculate would be a variable in any one person's tolerance to another? I think uh, body composition is always a massive variable when we're looking at bioactives. You know, what is your metabolic rate? How heavy are you? How what is your muscle composition? But I think general introspectiveness and, and openness to creativity could be a huge underlying factor as to why some people have more um, auditory response, visual response, general creativity on any thing that's psychoactive. Now, I think that's a characteristic that we have to well define in these next few years to operate in this space effectively. Hmm. Awesome. You know that that you're you're touching on something that's very near and dear and relevant in my life, which is you know the sort of n of one biohacking, which is what where medicine is heading. I mean, it's it's where it's 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 at the heart of what this podcast is, which is to provide people with tools and resources and education and products, courses, so that they can figure out what they need to work on for themselves and activate on it. That is that is it. That is it. Right, like the allopathic uh, paradigm, it's not serving us anymore. It's just, it's just not, it's not, not working. I mean, especially in the United States, since the '80s, of all developed nations, our health outcomes are like terrible, uh, terrible. I have other ideas about why that is. We'll leave that for in a whole another podcast. But the fact of the matter is, it's not serving us anymore, and we're getting sicker and fatter and more tired and more stressed. And more reliant on pharmaceuticals. And when when we empower people to make decisions custom to them, you know, to your point, like what well, I don't know, are you, are you six seven and three hundred and fifty pounds? You could probably do with a little bit more than than you know someone who's that's a third of your size. That sort of understanding of of where you are in your life, what you need in this moment, what you need day to day, 
how you can introduce new compounds that will that will work for you, I think, is at the heart of everything. And and I'm you know I'm I'm dead set on on making that happen and making that avail- available to people as part of a project I'm working on. But you know, you're Daniel. You're kind of tasked with figuring out what that sweet spot is, right? Like, what's going to work just just right for the biggest group of people? And you know, this this term that I like, which is you know, a minimum effective dose. Like, what gets the job done uh, in the least amount of time, with the least amount of money, with the least amount of complications? Like, what's the what's the course there? But but until you know yourself, until you know how you respond to these different things. Um, maybe you shouldn't have coffee after 12 o'clock in the day. Yeah. Like maybe you should, maybe you, maybe, maybe bro, you need nine hours of sleep. Screw seven or eight. You need nine. Like that's what's, that's, what's going to help you be optimal. Um, I, I, I think it's obvious to me that, 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 that the wide array of all of these amazing mushrooms are, can be at sort of like the center point of functional nutrition. I don't know. That's just me. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a stat, and this could be uh, would that would check it, uh, but it was something like you know thirty to thirty five percent of uh, modern medicine has kind of mushrooms as an origin. Um, so even even as a kind of kind of baseline, like we use mushrooms all the time, uh, and so now it's kind of we're finding these different novel use cases and we're kind of expanding that out. Hmm. Exactly. And like you said, you know, we're trying to dial it in so we can find the happy medium to have the maximum amount of application. But at the end of the day, we, we try to do enough education and directions that, hey, if one wasn't enough, take two. If, two, if one was too much, take half of one. You know, I, I always, I personally am always hypersensitive to everything. And so normally, you know, a half to a third of what affects most people affects me. And so I, even when I formulate stuff that I'm personally using, I know I'm going to have to double or triple it to get an effective dose for most other people. Wow. Interesting. Uh, do you, well, not to get too personal, Daniel, but do you know why that is? No, I've not been able to figure it out. Huh. Um, through my years of even trying to figure it out, I, I, I cannot. Even 40 milligrams of caffeine is enough to jitter me up um, in a good way. You know, I get a lot done, but it's, it's a lot for people to try to manage around me. <laughs> are you a canary? I mean, yeah. are, are you one of those guys that uh, canary in a coal mine, you know, like, are you like sensitive to, to, to like toxins and aromas and stuff? I would say, yes, that's kind of how I operate with formulation is I, I formulate at a very low amount and then I double or triple it. And then that's what everyone else is normally comfortable with. I wish I had known this back 19, when I was 19 and 20, first trying to Cubensis, because three and a half grams was a lot, 12 grams more. <laughs> but, you know, now as uh, as an adult, I've, I've learned from some mistakes, some good mistakes. Yeah, yeah. You got to experiment. You got you to you you try. You got to try. I've been, uh, I've been uh, Daniel's been kind of running all of the, the varieties. We're on, I think, V6, is it, for the... Uh, the productivity product that I've been. You guys are on V6 of your samples. V6. I'm on V28. <laughs> V28. So, so V28. But wow. um, the V6 that I've tried have, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've been on that roller coaster of different uh, dialed up and dialed down effective doses. Let me tell you, the first first couple, <laughs> it's like rocket fuel. Got to run a marathon. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, they work really good. This is great. Wait, whoa, that's too much. Start sweating. You're like, okay, I got to go for a run. I'll be gone. Yeah. I'll see you yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will say yeah. one weekend I got four weeks of work done on a Saturday. <laughs> Shit, though. I mean, <laughs> it's better. It's better than Adderall. I mean, it, it, I mean, right. It's better than Adderall, even if you overdid it with the, <laughs> if you overdid it with the lion, you OD'd on the lion's mane, or you, you, you did a little too yeah. much uh, cordyceps. The fact of the matter is, is that if people knew, A, uh, um, um, that, that there were alternatives and that Adderall is basically crack, you know, um, yeah. if, if you knew how many people rely on Adderall to be productive... Uh, and you and you knew what it was doing to your body, you might look for alternatives. You might you might look for for natural compounds that work ninety five percent as good, and they're actually mm. serving you and helping your body 
so yeah, even if you know, even if even if if, if the stack was too heavy and and you you know had laser focus for a weekend, like oh well, that was now I know like I could dial yeah. that down just a little bit and just clarify V just means version, yeah. right? You say V six, V twenty eight, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So so I've yeah. I've been making multiple formulations personally, and I've sent up six of them to Peter. I've, I'm at, I'm over twenty right now. <laughs> wow. wow. I think I think this particular product, like to your point, energy, your your kind of overall happiness and productivity, but just happiness is so tethered to you know energy, how much energy you've got in the day, and we all know what it feels like not to have energy, to feel kind of you know morose and slow and cloudy, and so you know chipping away at that problem is something we were we were super passionate about. Um, yeah. And to your point, you know there are obviously various different chemical ways um, of doing it. You know, I, I love coffee in the morning, um, but there are other ways that are, you know, not so healthy like Adderall. And so if we can, you know, and then there's variety of people with serious health conditions like you know, chronic fatigue or something like that. So can these products be useful to these people and can you give them something that's non-toxic? Yeah. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do a little sharing here. I, I need to find an alternative to nicotine gum. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I had a love affair with nicotine for a long time, you know, I still occasionally get a hankering, you know, in the right place in the right time with the right people. Mm-hmm. But I've been using nic- nicotine gum as a nootropic, as a performance enhancer for a long, long time. And I kind of, eh, I kind of feel it kind of like not being so cool in my mouth. Obviously it's habit forming, you know, it can be addicted to nicotine mm-hmm. gum just as much as you can be to, you know, cigarettes or other, you know, tobacco products. So, um, I need I need your guys' help to help me figure out what what a night you know I've been uh, obviously I don't do do that a couple times a day but I don't know if you guys are familiar with blue canatine the product uh, it's called a it's blue canatine it's a trochee it's methylene blue <laughs> five milligrams caffeine fifty milligrams hemp um, canna hemp canna five milligrams and nicotine one milligram it turns your mouth blue have you seen pictures of people with like blue tongues. No, so this is this this is great it's really good it helps focus Mm. it lasts for um it's like it's like two and a half maybe three hours this was developed by uh dr ted achicoso and it's just a it's just like a um, in between your gums little blue little blue trochee uh, now that you've seen it, you're going to see it everywhere. You know, you look in the biohacking mm. communities, you're going to see people that are going eh, with a blue tongue. Um, <laughs> but it, I don't, I don't want to take it every day. And I, I have, I think I have an oral right. fixation too, to be totally honest. Now that I'm really vulnerable and oversharing, I think I have a oral <laughs> fixation. So if I can yeah. uh, chewing on a thing or chewing on gum, I think feels, feels yeah. good to me. Yeah. But I, I would love to be able to find a, um, find a, find a mushroom, uh, alternative to that because obviously that's not sustainable. Well, we'd love to so see the act of, uh, we, yeah, We'd love to see that. Mojo works for you as as well. One thing yeah. that I always recommend when moving away from something with nicotine or we'll say even Adderall is like people need to understand how to taper. You know, you you've got to go from taking three nicotine gums a day to two to one, or you may have some withdrawals, some uneasiness, some unpleasant feelings associated with that. It's no different than Adderall. You know, if someone's taking 40 milligrams a day, they need to taper that down. There's no, no miracle way to stop any, any drug that you're taking daily. Yeah. Um, we'd love to provide you some mojo to try to swap out for your nicotine. Yeah, that would be good. Um, one, one thing that I, I just, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the work of John Gray. He's the author of men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Um, uh, Dave Asprey called him the grandfather of biohacking. Um, not only an, an amazing therapist, but also like for real biohacker. You know, like the episode with him, you guys are not going to want to miss because we talk about how often you should ejaculate. We talk about like what is optimal. <laughs> I mean, blow, blow your mind kind of content. Like fascinating dude. And we go for like two hours, you know, like wh- semen retention. Like incredible stuff we talk about. And what we were talking about with him was um, he went to, he had early onset Parkinson's and um, he went to some clinic to kind of go check it out and treat it. And at this clinic, there were, there were people who were going through rehab and going through withdrawals 
and he was doing intravenous uh, enzymes. So he was getting like, he was doing a whole bunch of digestive enzymes. And what he was saying is that the people who were getting digestive enzymes um, um, didn't have the same um, withdrawal symptoms. Um, So there's something about having lots of extra digestive enzymes in your system that help that that coming down or coming off of addictive substances like that. So I just, you know, mm. throwing that out there. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, what, what, what do you, I mean, shit, people can't buy it. So what work, where can they go? What can they, what can they learn? Where can they learn more? How can they get in contact with you guys? What's what would give us, give us yeah. your vitals. So you've got the, the website, which is Guella mushrooms.com. Guella has got a double L. Um, and from there, you can find us on you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all those kind of good good places. But our website, guellamushrooms.com, is a primary place. What, and we should. Um, so we've got the email list there that you can sign up for. But um, So you can get a, get a sentence for our kind of uh, product uh, roadmap. So Mojo should be um, released, what, December time, uh, end of December, start of January. Our kits will be in market um, next month. And then we have a beverage um coming out likely uh, May, June next year. Awesome. So excited. Yeah. What, what, um, is there, is there any, for either of you guys, is there a question that I didn't ask that I should have? Is there something that, that we didn't cover that you think was just super important for people to know? I can't think of anything, Peter. Do you? I'm just yeah. that, I'm just that good. I'm just that good yeah. at what I do that we just <laughs> nailed it. Nailed you it. Did you have you just straight it off your head? Man, I, yeah, after you, <laughs> after you've done this a couple hundred times, you kind of get the, you get the, you get the hang, you get the hang of it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, this has been such an interesting conversation, guys. Um, you know, there, 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 there's, it's such a deep well of conversation, of information, of education. You know, I know that, that that's a big part of what you guys do is the education. Um, and I, I love, I love the ideas. I love where you guys are going with this, this mushrooms 2.0, uh, concept, uh, transformational health. These, these sorts of, uh, uh, phrases, I think, I hope, uh, and I'll, and I'll be damned if I won't, can't help get this information out to people because, um, it's powerful and transformational stuff. And, we should know about it. If you're in the biohacking community, if you're interested in optimal performance, if you're interested in optimal health, um, you should know about the power of mushrooms. You should be taking them every day, and uh, because there's there's so much there's so much to provide to you. Um, this is a, a traditional question that I ask everybody at the end of, of every episode, and it's a fill in the blank. Um, we'll start with you, Daniel. Um, it's uh, intentional to keep you off guard, Peter. You're gonna you're gonna you're cheating because you're going to be able to hear it first. But um, if you would please, yeah, yeah la, la, la. <laughs> you're most when um, you this can be based on anything, you know, Daniel uh, doesn't have to be specific to um, creating compounds or mushrooms specifically. But if you would please fill in the blank, everyone would benefit from knowing. Got it. So everyone would benefit from knowing that there are alternative ways of making your life better and and in many ways when you make your own life better you make the life of everyone around you better Hmm. cheers peter everyone would benefit from knowing i'm going to keep it super simple and just say everything everyone would benefit from knowing what uh psilocybin feels like you know i said to somebody the other day talking about the election like Man, if Donald Trump had taken a series of six heroic doses, like what a different situation we would what we would be in. So, you know, I genuinely think like the the more people can experience obviously there's you know, there's categories of people that, you know, shouldn't take this stuff and you know, all of all of the usual caveats, but I genuinely think the more access, the more people can experience this stuff, the better, the more empathetic world we'll live in. Hmm. Well said. Here here. Peter, Daniel, thank you guys for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. And see.